Hi there. Welcome to the Mentoring Club podcast. In this podcast series, you are listening to pairs of mentors who were put together randomly. They all joined the Mentoring Club to share their experiences and insights in one-on-one -on -one sessions. But now, with this podcast, we are widening our spectrum to allow more people to learn and grow. The topics and discussions you will be listening to are as diverse as these pairs. In case you want to know more or meet one of our mentors, visit mentoring-club.com. And now, lean back and enjoy the talk. Hello everyone, welcome to the Mentoring Club's Insights Podcast. I'm Prasad Gupte, and with Danielle, we're discussing how mentoring helped us become stronger leaders. Welcome, Danielle. Hi, Prasad. So I've heard you've written an article about this already. Yeah, it was part of me reflecting back on 2020, which was crazy for the most part, but also unlocked some new opportunities to manage myself better, learn, and, and also give back. Uh, it started with a couple of colleagues at work uh, requesting mentoring, and then more formally were at the Mentoring Club, and then the Vodafone Institute's uh, F-Lane Accelerator uh, for female social entrepreneurs. So overall, really a highlight of the year and, and exciting. That's nice. Yeah, for me also, uh, last year became one of my more mentoring-focused years so far. I've both joined the Mentoring Club as well as started mentoring startups in uh, different kinds of accelerator programs. And um, yeah, also the reason why I really love to talk with you about this is because for me, uh, there were, were a lot of things that changed how I lead people based on what I learned from mentoring. What was your experience on that? Yeah, it was very reflective for me as well. Uh, more than anything, it emphasized the need to, to coach people and to get better uh, so you can help them perform at full potential. You know, you learn so much from having to get into very different contexts from one week to the other, listening to people's questions and challenges. And quite often you're thinking, uh, what are the challenges of the people I lead? How can I uncover them if, if they're not seeing them already? How can I help them think of options? How can I inspire them to find a way around? When was the first time that you realized, oh, I'm now doing something different as a leader because of things from mentoring? That's a good question. I, I think it was in one-on-ones uh, with, with some of my team members. Uh, in the mentoring context, now often uh, you're asked to share your experiences you know, about learning a new skill, hiring a role. Or, or how I would plan development for someone uh, on my team. And some other times you're asked questions like, here's my situation, what would you do if you were me? And that's when your own experience starts to matter less and, and you take off your mentor uh, hat. And, and instead what you're doing is, is more like coaching, you know, where you're like, what would I consider? How would I approach this? What would I expect from my coach? Which, if you, if you are leading people, also makes you think, what would I do if I was this person's manager trying to coach them through this challenge? So to summarize, after the first 10 or so mentoring uh, sessions, you know, I'd become very aware of when to speak from experience and when to stimulate questions uh, and, and generally uh, do much more of the latter. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Actually, I had a similar experience where uh, I was um, helping someone uh, at work in a situation where um, they, they were describing a problem and I realized, so I started switching in this problem-solving mode. I just started talking a lot about how would I solve it, what would I do, um, but um, 
from from the mentoring context um the thing that then came to me is wait maybe i should start a bit wait a, a bit more back and start with okay well, what is my background why do i think that i can help on this specific question and actually understanding the question in depth um, instead of trying to just give an answer so that the other person can can use my uh, knowledge to find their own answer. Totally. And and it takes a while before it starts to come naturally, right? Uh, to get out of that solution mode and, and really sort of get into, say, let's think about options. Uh, let me help you think mode. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I still struggle with that from time to time because if it's a topic that I'm really passionate about and usually at work, it's these kind of topics with the, which come up because it's something which I have been working uh, around uh, before, then I already have some solution in mind. But as a leader, it's not always about bringing the solution, but it's more about enabling the people to find their own solution. So this is something where I still consciously remind myself, okay, let's ask another question first, let's ask another question first, let's first make sure that I fully get the picture and then maybe even use like a Socratic method of asking questions uh, to, to bring in some ideas instead of just saying, let's try this or like, let's try that. Wow, that's really fantastic. Uh, to add there, when, when bringing in ideas, it's also very empowering to explain the thought process behind it. You know? So you're really enabling people to approach it on their own the next time around. Then there's the part when you have to inspire them and, and really get them started on that new course. This is also something that you can learn and, and get better at over time. In a leadership position, even before doing a lot of mentoring, I was always really focused on uh, and um, I, I really love the energy of uh, helping other people and also then seeing that they learn something or seeing how, uh, how everyone progresses. Um, but I can imagine that this is something where mentoring also helps to, to go forward. Did you have a situation which brought this to your mind? Yeah, there's one session that uh, particularly uh, remember where, where someone passionate about product got into a product management role after the MBA and, and was now uh, you know, seeking validation if this is what they wanted to do in the long run. You could sense a bit of the feeling of, of being lost or a bit confused. And after about 20 minutes of discussion, it was very clear that the role wasn't for them. And, and I delivered the message. And, and we quickly switched to discussing options. Uh, but it was also important on my part to spend time assuring them that it was all right. You know, that, that reflection is, is always good. It's never too late to follow your heart. And, and it's not the end of the world if you need to switch tracks. And, and really energizing them to set off on this new path. Uh, I think to do all of that in 45 minutes takes, takes a different mindset, a different energy level to leave the person excited uh, on, on that new course. So based on the mentoring experience and that specific experience, what would you recommend? So if I'm in a situation where I have someone sitting there and they're no longer happy about the job, what, what should I do? Yeah, drawing on that session, I would recommend looking at, at two things uh, with, with the person. Number one, have they understood the role? Is there any way I can explain this role better to them? Does their environment allow them to live and grow in that role? And, and number two is then if this is not what you want to do, what else could you be doing? So, so you're thinking about alternate roles, profiles, which are at the intersection of this person's interest as well as their past experience so that, you know, you can leverage most of it. Uh, it's interesting to think about those options. And in that session, uh, I think the person really chose to, to focus on number two uh, and about those options of what else they could be doing. 
And that actually brings up something that for me, I think has been one of the main outcomes of uh, mentoring, which is that often in these kind of discussions, I realized now that it's not about solving the specific problem, but it's about helping the other person and um, focusing maybe not even focusing on what is best for the company, but focusing on what is best for the other person first, because this will create a really, really strong bond where then people also will do a lot for the company. So in the end, it also helps the company. Uh, it's just a different mindset to go about it. Absolutely. Uh, that's a great point. And, and like in my blog post, I find David Market's idea of ship, shipmate and self very useful here. Usually in a mentoring scenario, you purely focused on the self and in the worst case might even recommend switching ship. But in a work scenario, you have to work out a plan for the individual uh, in a way that it makes sense at all levels, uh, although it's there to help the individual first. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, right. Uh, I have a question connected to that one. You know, sometimes, um, although you what you've set up is a mentoring session, what you end up doing is coaching. Do you think that that mentees who are scheduling a session need to be aware of the difference or or even care that's a good question i think that there is a difference also based on role which i think is important to make transparent because if i'm coaching inside a company or mentoring inside a company to be more precise then usually i do have an interest in the business outcome so yes uh, i try to help the, the person to do the best but in the end i am paid to make sure that the company is successful um, whereas in a mentoring context i'm literally just focusing on making the other person successful and i agree that in an ideal situation in a, in a company context you should also do that you should also focus on making the person successful but this might not always be the case and therefore it is important to be transparent about that so that um, you can ex maybe even explicitly separate these two roles in, in the conversation and say, okay, I'm currently wearing my uh, my mentor hat and help you to develop or, or I'm uh, wearing my employer hat and trying to uh, find a way which makes more sense for the company uh, because these two sometimes do clash and uh, then it's important to to not to not act as if they were actually the same. You're 100% right there. I, I really couldn't agree more. Uh, I just remembered a situation at, at work when I was mentoring someone out of my direct lines. And exactly like you said, you have both hats at your disposal, which also creates a bit of a conflict of interest, right? Where one hat gives you information or ideas uh, that are not entirely respectable of the other hat. And so you got to ensure fairness. You know, You also have to leave one hat aside and say, okay, I'm not wearing my management hat right now, but I'm just acting as your mentor, which means I'm also not going to use any information that I wouldn't have had access to otherwise. So this actually leads me to an interesting question, which is, if you are mentoring in a company, instead of mentoring, mentoring people you don't have a um, boss and employee relationship to, is there some things that you should actually do different that you should not take from mentoring? That's, that's a very good question, Daniel. I think it's managing that, that conflict of interest. Yeah. I'm going to use the ship, shipmate self-idea once again here. Yeah. You know, when mentoring outside the company, you, an ab you have an abstract view of the ship and shipmates. Uh, but when you're mentoring within, you know the nitty-gritties, you know the people. So you really have to work your way around information that's not meant for broader circulation or your own impression of those other shipmates. Did you have anything else uh, top of mind? 
So I think from, from my perspective, one of the most important things to keep in mind is that you might have to wear the different hats and therefore you might have to not not just leave one of the hats off. So for example, if I'm mentoring someone um, that someone who is building a company and they just ask me whether I can help them with some ideas, then yes, I try to make them successful, but in the end it's their company. But if I'm working with an employee of mine, then if I realize that things might not work out, then I might need to actually intervene and take a stronger approach around that, um, which is not does not mean that I don't trust them, but it's more about helping them to, to achieve something um, in a situation where they might not yet have the skills. And usually if you're asked as a mentor, for example, via the mentoring club, then you're asked in a situation where the other person already has the kind of skills uh, and just needs some more additional insight because they actively came to you. But in a company context, it's also often the other way around that the mentor didn't actually come to you for help, but you were assigned to, to them and therefore it's uh, your responsibility to make sure everything is going well. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, you know, you have to make sure that your plan works for both the mentee and the overall course of the, the ship. And you also bring an important angle here, you know, the responsibility angle, uh, which I think is slightly different in a mentoring situation and a coaching situation. Um, in, in mentoring, uh, you're posed with a challenge, you find the best options and, and inspire them to, to get started on this new course. But they act on their own and probably follow up when they feel the need again, which, by the way, I, I've seen happen naturally. And I love it when the relation is retained for long. But mentoring in the work context means that you're sometimes just advising questions like, how would it work if I decided to move laterally? And at other times, you go further and take on a formal responsibility to make something happen, right? Whether it's building up skills or helping someone transition, I think there's a much greater sense of responsibility there. And, and that requires stepping into the field, getting your hands dirty, and, and making it your own problem. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to share an example here where I once had uh, the opportunity to help someone transition from being a QA engineer to uh, a product manager. And that means you're not mentoring, you know, you, you are actually coaching, you're giving them feedback on their actions, you're helping them reflect, you're giving them more tools and techniques as they advance on that journey. And I just feel it's, it's way more engaged uh, overall. That makes a lot of sense. Is there some topic we haven't touched upon yet for mentoring, something that we want to discuss? Yeah, I, I was just curious as we're thinking through these situations, have, have you had a situation where you've had to use the skill of delivering uncomfortable messages back to a mentee? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, at, at a, in a work situation, I think the nice thing is that it's not a mentee-mentor relationship if it's about bad news, because when you're a mentor, then you're always someone who is not really um, concerned with it. But we already realized that you have to wear different hats at work. So you might also have to wear the hat of giving bad news uh, to people. And obviously, I, I had these situations before. I also I, I had to let people go in different situations and also other things where projects just stopped or projects didn't work out and wasn't really the fault of the person involved. But there still um, was a change coming um, due to this. And thinking about this in context of, of mentoring, I think one of the nice things of uh, that, that you can take out of this is 
making sure that you put yourselves into the shoes of the other person and do not see it as, oh, I am the poor person who needs to deliver bad news because guess what? The other person actually most likely is feeling worse because they are receiving the bad news. So it's better to focus on how can you make sure that they are happy or well, reasonably happy. Wow, that's that's so true. And, and I think this is also where the empathy that you mentioned earlier comes to life, right? You're sort of really having to understand the situation and find the best option there. Uh, you remember as we, we were discussing this on uh, our Mentoring Club Slack channels, uh, listening came up. Yeah. Uh, and this is something that multiple mentors said uh, they benefited from. Is there a particular way in, in which your mentoring experience has made you an even better listener? I would say that um, asking the right kind of questions is something that you always uh, practice when, when mentoring, because in that, those situations, you usually do not have any information. Usually when I'm uh, mentoring something for, uh, or mentoring someone via the mentoring club, then the only thing I have before the actual conversation is one paragraph of text that they send. And therefore I will need to ask a lot of questions. And then in the work context where I might have more information, I might uh, sometimes still ask the same kind of questions that I'm used to from, uh, from mentoring in a situation where I do not know. Um, and this sometimes reveals some uh, surprising knowledge that where I would have thought it's one way, but now that I explicitly asked the question, I realize it's another. That's a great point. And, and yeah, sometimes, I mean, I appreciate both scenarios. One in which, you know, you get the sort of challenge which requires understanding and diving into the details. Uh, I've also had pure mentoring situations where mentor mentees are really prepared with, with a good long list of questions and you know you sort of just get into a rapid fire round uh, and honestly I don't mind either. That's true that's true there, there are definitely also different styles which come to play in different situations. Yeah and I actually find both those situations equally useful uh, when it comes to reflecting on my own self on my toolkit and you know the times when it takes you back to first principles of product management leadership and, and generally helps you become so much more aware. And I think that's great for me. I'd, I'd love to ask you if you could share uh, what has been the most reflective session or topic uh, in your experience. Actually, yes, that's a very good point. Um, I'm mostly working in early stage startup contexts. And one of the things that I uh, talked to everyone about who is uh, building a startup and asking me for advice is to try to build a minimal viable solution as easy as possible. So not usually not even using code, but just using the simplest way where you can verify it by doing something manually. And um, this is a, one of these kind of first principles on startup design, which uh, are easier to talk about than actually do. And this has led to situations where when I was introducing new features, new products, or new ideas, I then also started to push myself even further on, is there a simpler way to do that? Is there a simpler way to verify that this makes sense, uh, even though I now might have more resources available than I had uh, before? And what was the example that, that you were thinking about? Yeah, sure. Uh, for me, it was the session where the, the mentee introduced their situation of, of feeling uh, that they're not accomplishing enough and they basically asked what I would do if I uh, started to feel stuck and, and not making enough progress. You know, to be honest, I would be lying if I said that I never felt this way 
or that I had a ready framework that I use. But during the session, you're thinking about, okay, what do I have in my toolkit that prevents this feeling? And, and you're basically cooking up a list that looks very well thought of in hindsight. But yeah, like you said, also leaves room to think if I would do something differently with what I know now. Yeah, the best way to learn things is to teach things is one of the sayings. And um, definitely in a mentor-mentee relationship, one of the things that is sometimes underestimated is that the mentee is also adding value. It's not just the mentor, but the men mentor is learning from the mentee. Yeah, totally agreed. And, and while we're on that topic of mentor-mentee relation, uh, do you have any tips on how uh, a mentee could get the most out of uh, a session? And, and I mean a mentor as well. Uh, so that, you know, at the end of it, you're feeling, oh, cool, I, I delivered on that person's challenge and was really able to give something back. In my experience, in the end, it comes down to asking a lot of questions because uh, it's, it's always easy to just talk about how you would do things, but it's hard to give good advice if you don't know the situation. So actually, there's two parts. One part is asking the questions and really understanding the situation. And the other part is... Um, not giving advice, but telling stories. So what I try to do is whenever I realize I'm just saying, oh, you could try this, you should do this, then instead to think about a situation where I was in, where I experienced something similar and talk about that to give an example, because my opinion, you should do something, isn't that important. Yes, there might be, it might be informed, an informed opinion, but still it's informed by my experiences. So why uh, do the indirect thing of sharing my opinion instead of doing the direct thing and just sharing my experiences, which might relate to that situation and which might make it easier for my mentee to understand uh, or to, to make their own um, conclusions on what to do next. Wow. Wow. Love that part about storytelling. I think it's really essential. Uh, and sometimes quirky, funny examples uh, also help you deliver the idea. That's, that's true. Okay. I think we are coming to the end. Um, it was really, really nice discussing with you around this. Uh, learned a lot also from my side. And uh, yeah, so if uh, anyone who listened is interested, feel free to have a look also at the Mentoring Club. Feel free to follow the podcast for more episodes on a lot of different topics by all of our great mentors. And uh, if you want to join us, either as a mentee or as a mentor, um, just visit our page. We are always uh, interested in being open and uh, having more people that we can help with. That's right. We're at mentoring-club.com. Read our blog, subscribe to our podcasts. Thank you so very much, Danielle, uh, for joining this podcast. Uh, it was lovely talking to you. Thanks for that. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.